Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. I've begun writing a new book, though I honestly thought I was kind of done for a while except for blog articles. But because of my study over the past few years, what I've learned is something that I feel compelled to share. Not everyone's going to agree with it, I'm sure. But I've taken the time to study some of the following. The early church fathers' writings, the book of Enoch, Jasher, and other ancient books of antiquity. Now, based on this, I fully believe a day is coming when so-called space aliens will reveal themselves to humanity and the world will embrace them lovingly, wholeheartedly. Because of this reveal, several things will happen, in my opinion. First, aliens will share technology that they possess that allegedly allows them to travel the universe in hours or days. Second, these aliens will teach humanity that the idea of one all-knowing, omnipotent God of the universe is simply superstitious rot. And the belief is what has kept humanity from moving toward true freedom self-determination, and paving our own path forward. This is something they've already been teaching in a limited fashion through their chosen human vessels, leaders in the new age, but they will ramp up this teaching tremendously and their physical presence will sell it. They won't need the leaders of the new age that much anymore. Now, I've previously written about these aliens in several books, that I've written. One is Demons in Disguise, another one is Alienology, and the third one is Nephilim Nightmare. Those are all available on Amazon, should you be interested. And as I concluded then, those aliens are nothing more than demons. Deception is their specialty. Consider Genesis 6, 1-2. Now it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. Well, this kind of this kind of seems strange to us somehow that these sons of God, whatever they were, took daughters of men and managed to somehow mate with them so that they gave birth to some type of potential hybrid creature or Nephilim. Now, the phrase sons of God really has to refer to angelic beings, not other human beings. It's the same phrase that's used in Job 1.6, which says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Well, the connection seems obvious. Satan was among these sons of God, and it's obvious why Satan joined them, as it explains in the text of Job chapter 1. He wanted to prove Job's faithfulness to God was just superficial because God had placed a protective hedge around Job. So if Satan would be allowed to make life miserable for Job in any way he could, he would soon despair of God and curse him. But the point here is that the sons of God who appeared before God in the heavenly courts were angelic beings. This is also very likely true of the sons of God in Genesis 6. And because of what these angels did to and against humanity, they wound up sinning greatly, as Jude 1, 6 tells us, quote, And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness 
for the judgment of the great day. Now, Jude is referring to the angelic beings of Genesis 6, 1-2, though he does not explain exactly what those particular angels did. So besides Genesis 6, we gain more information from the book of Enoch and the book of Jasher. I'm going to emphasize right now, and I want to be completely clear about this, that these two books are not considered to be divinely inspired. They were never intended to be part of the canon of Scripture, though the Ethiopian Christians have included the book of Enoch in their canon of Scripture. But this does not mean that they are not authentic in some other way as potential history, like we might read a history book. Both Peter and Jude quote from or refer to the book of Enoch. So it is clear that the book existed during the first century and probably way before that. People can believe what they would like to believe about these books, but it cannot be denied that the idea of angelic beings somehow mating with human women is a very real possibility as noted in scripture. It took them for wives in fact, just two verses after this, we learn that these sons of God taking women for wives and somehow impregnating them, we learn that giants lived on the earth. Genesis 6, 4, there were giants on the earth in those days. And also afterward, when the sons of God came in to the daughters of men and they bore children to them. Those are the mighty men of old men of renown. So obviously there's a connection here between the sons of God coming to the daughters of men, finding a way to impregnate them so that when they gave birth, they gave birth to people or beings or hybrid beings that ultimately became giants. Now, whether angels physically mated with human women or simply manipulated human DNA and mingled with it somehow with their own, we don't know. The result was that giants, Nephilim, were born and began living on the earth. My wife and I watched a very interesting episode of Prophecy Watchers, and I have links for this stuff in the transcript. The host, Gary Stearman, interviewed Tim Alberino, who has traveled the world in search of clues to the ancient pre-flood civilizations, which he says still exist throughout the world. What I found from listening is something I've concluded myself over the past year or two. I've convinced that the pre-flood world certainly became nothing but evil, as the Bible tells us in Genesis 6-5, largely because of what fallen angels introduced to humanity that they should not have introduced. But it's also much more than that. Oh, and by the way, for more information on this topic, I've got a link to another video by Ken Johnson, BibleFacts.org. But listen to this. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Hmm. So the entire earth became filled with people and possibly hybrid creatures who were completely, incorrigibly evil. Everything they thought, every intention they had, emanated from pure evil, continually. There was no hope for humanity at this point except for Noah and his immediate family, Genesis 6, 9-10, which is why Noah is mentioned next. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, unlike everyone else, Noah actually walked with God, endeavoring to live a life that pleased him. He was virtually alone in this. 
with the fallen angels mingling or somehow changing the human DNA of women, things changed drastically and forever for humanity from that point onward. The human genome in everyone but Noah had been forever changed into something God never meant it to be. The result? Well, for one thing, we know literal giants began inhabiting the earth. It also explains why God had no choice but to destroy all living things except Noah, his family, and the animals with him on the ark. There was no going back to what was previous to these fallen angels interrupting humanity. The damage had been done. So Tim Alberino and others have searched the globe to find artifacts of these ancient civilizations and giants. Now, if we consider the level of technology that comes from civilizations like Egypt alone, ancient Egypt, one has to ask, where did that technology come from that allowed the Egyptians to create megalithic structures, you know, the pyramids, etc., with no mortar, using extremely large multi-ton stones together? I mean, this was thousands of years ago, and the Egyptians somehow managed it. They didn't have cranes. They didn't have heavy-duty equipment. We don't know how they did it even today. No one can tell us for sure. Were they given specific secret information by fallen angels? Maybe. The book of Enoch goes into detail about some of the secrets the fallen angels shared with humanity. Whether it's true or not, we don't know. It makes sense, though. These angelic beings did what they were not supposed to do by teaching humanity the secret knowledge of, for instance, making weapons, teaching women how to beautify themselves, working with metals, and many other things that humanity would likely have never discovered or might have discovered in a different context over time. But to introduce weapons to human beings? What for? To fight against one another. These fallen angels rebelled against God and ultimately, it seems, like Satan, wanted to take over the earth and build for themselves a one-world kingdom with them in full control. In fact, isn't that why Satan did what he did originally? Because he hated the idea that God put Adam, who was made a little lower than the angels, in charge of his, God's, new creation, completely bypassing angels. He didn't put angels in charge of it. He put Adam, human beings. Now, as I consider what the pre-flood world may have looked like, I can only wonder aloud, as Alberino did, that what began way back then will end the same way in the future. In other words, Jesus was very clear when he said the end times prior to his physical return would mirror the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Yes, they did normal things like being married, but, but it's more than that. The overall picture of the pre-flood world after the fallen angels got involved appears to be something that we are headed toward now. During the pre-flood world, did fallen angels want to gain control of God's creation, making themselves and presenting themselves as gods to human beings and creating their own progeny, manipulating or mingling their DNA with human women? Isn't that where we get all these Greek myths and other epic sagas of ancient civilizations? Consider the situation after the flood of Genesis 11, when Nimrod led people in attempting to build a tower that would reach the heavens. Now, personally, I believe this was an attempt of fallen angels to find a way back to the heavenly realm, something from which they had been thrown out, removed, 
after they willingly left and mingled with humanity. They were ultimately sequestered in everlasting chains in darkness until their judgment, which is yet to happen. Jude 1.6. So the point is that Satan and his fallen angels have, ever since their fall, endeavored to take control of God's creation. That's clearly been Satan's goal. We know that from Isaiah. And Revelation makes it clear that he will get his chance. Now, I believe this is happening now, as Satan uses his proxies among globalists to gain control of this world. It's also interesting to me that human DNA manipulation has entered the global picture through jabs, which is forever changing the human genome in people across the globe. Many are unable to see this reality, and it is tragic. It is tragic where it's going to end. We know at some future point a 10-king federation will rule over the entire world for a short period of time, Revelation 17. The upcoming reveal of so-called aliens will help sell it to humanity, and that will move things forward in earnest. By the way, that reveal is not listed in Scripture, but it is throughout New Age writings. They're, they're heavily expecting it. The world is going to forever change on that day as humanity will embrace these aliens because of their appearance and their appearance of power and what they say they can do for this world. These aliens are deceptive demons perpetrating a mass hallucination that most of the world will readily believe and accept. It's easier than believing in God. Remember what occurred way back during the pre-flood days of Noah? Those fallen angels were seen as gods to the people of earth because of their appearance, their power, and secret knowledge they were willing to share with humanity. Now, because of it, humanity and the animal kingdom became thoroughly corrupted, needing to be destroyed. Imagine what they tried to create with the animal kingdom, with crossbreeding and DNA manipulation. So, because these angelic beings portrayed themselves and were accepted by people as gods, there was no need for the God of the universe at all. People could now see their gods and interact with them face to face. I believe we're coming to a day, and probably very soon, when all of the evil and corruption that undergirds global society now will rise to the top with the revelation of alien beings as the start, who will tell us what they can do for us if we will simply follow their dictates. They'll promise to eliminate all the problems that supposedly exist throughout the earth. They will usher in some form of temporary peace. They will share technology designed to ensnare us to willingly submit to their leadership. This is coming, I believe, and it will come because I believe God's going to allow it as seen in his word. He will allow it because it will bring the current hidden evil of the invisible realm, the spiritual realm, out into the open in our physical realm. And once here, God will begin to judge it by pouring out his wrath over the earth and throughout human society. This will truly be a repeat of the pre-flood days. I think that's where we're going. Considering what fallen angels did way back then, it is not that difficult to believe in a similar future reality especially considering how much God's word reveals to us about the future. And remember, once again, Satan's desire is to what? Be like the most high, Isaiah 14, 14, and literally rule the world. Of course, his efforts will fail abysmally. Once God destroys Satan and those who follow him, God will create a new Eden, 
Revelation 20 to 22, in which the righteous will live forever without sin, without death, without pain, without suffering, without illness. But what's coming to this planet prior to that appears in many ways to be a redo of what occurred during pre-flood days of Noah. So folks, if you think this is based in truth, based in scripture, then you need to prepare your minds for action and to rise above all of this through trusting in God. Just what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did in Daniel 3, just what Daniel did in Daniel 6 in the lion's den. We need to rise above all of this to prepare our minds for what may occur and to learn to trust God now. Well, thank you so much for joining me, and I pray until we meet again that God would open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in Him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective.